Okay, hello. Uh, I won't say good evening, because uh, although it's evening as we're recording, who knows what time of the day you, dear listener, will be listening to this programme. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, calls we are available worldwide. We can be in whatever time zone you fancy. Exactly. So right now, it's literally every hour of the day, somewhere. Absolutely. And who knows? Who knows? Because this, this broadcast can be available on different planets at the rate that we're going. What? So, <laughs> so, so like, you're not telling me. Well, let's just say in 20 years' time, this broadcast is still available, and Martians or people from if other galaxies. Still around. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's not let's not think about just the Earth. This could be the podcast of the universe. For the podcast of the universe, you see, yes. we've settled on the name Dre and Keith Damon. It's a bit of nonsense, but I quite like the podcast of the universe. <laughs> we should have gone with that. Now, now that we're a minute into the show, it's probably good. Uh, point to introduce ourselves so my name is Keith Sadler and my name is Dre Zira and you also we also may realize that we have a third voice on stage we do we do we're on a stage <laughs> <laughs> we are we're, we're recording live uh, on stage in the podcast of the universe the podcast of the universe at the restaurant at the end of the galaxy or whatever it is from uh, we're not really you've probably worked that out already sponsored by the Jetsons sponsored by the Jetsons <laughs> Because they need the PR. <laughs> they need. They need to make the, the world needs to know what the Jetsons are up to. So they need to sponsor us. Anyway, <laughs> with us is Amy Soapbox. <laughs> Hello, our first ever guest. Hello, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. So, um, if people listen to our last podcast, then sorry, but as well as that, uh, you might have noticed that it was a bit rambly and it was a bit of just. Dre and myself talking loads of nonsense, which is what we promised to bring you here on this show. It is the title, after all. Exactly. But what was was going to try and tie it down a little bit and have a little bit more of a of a set format. So I thought for the first ten minutes, we can talk about the news and current affairs and what's been going on in our lives. Dre, you're getting some implants, I understand. Yes, I'm going to get an NFC implant tomorrow. And Amy, do you know what an NFC implant is? Well, I do because after you put it on the internet, I googled it. Oh, that was because I thought I can't go into this not knowing. All the all the clearly all the cool kids know what this implant is, and I went for a mixture of emotions. So tell tell everyone what an NFC implant is. So, ladies and gentlemen, who have their ears and eyes on tender hooks, even though this is an audio only broadcast, right? So, what an NFC implant is is that there will be a plastic chip that will be inserted into my left hand. I'm pointing it, but you can't see it. And he is pointing his left hand, I can confirm mm, that. Dear and so around the area in between the thumb and... Do you call this a forefinger? Or I think that's the forefinger. Finger. Yeah. The, the forefinger, the, the finger closest to the thumb. I can't be too specific. I'm, I'm As specific as it's going to get, I'm so sorry. And in there is inserted, and I'm going to put details such as my phone number, my Facebook page... Uh, but mainly the main reason, as well as as well as obviously marketing purposes, and it's a cool uh, it's a cool nightclub in case trick. You get lost. <laughs> it's also in case let's just say I have a random accident and I'm unconscious and they need to contact my family. If I could put some symbol on my on where the NFC is, like a tattoo symbol, they could just NFC scan it. And go, oh, that's the number. There you go. So even if I'm unconscious, my body can be useful. I think it's very brave of you to take the step of doing this voluntarily before we're all forced to have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be long. <laughs> I imagine them being in the forehead or like I mean, the back of the neck. I mean, I, want, I mean, you're right. I mean, I want to get the trend going before the trend 
is already happening. So you therefore, to be I don't the need first to first in government repression. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think to be honest, if we're, if we're going to go that line, I think we've been in government repression since history began. To be fair. Oh well, yeah, but, the, but, but not physically. Is it not weird doing it physically in your body? Because what if? See, I thought my when you put this on the internet and I googled it and pretended I knew what it was to everyone else I spoke to. Um, my friend, who's a, a massive geek called Jared, was super excited about this and loves it. And he's a super, super geek. His actual business card says professional geek on it. Pro- <laughs> professional cool. nerd. Years ago when I met him, that's the card he gave that. me. Loves it to pieces. But aren't you worried that someone like Jared, who's got a really devious nature, could hack into yes. you and yeah. do something weird with your chip? With your well, left hand. well, let me, let me just tell <laughs> just you. Just your left let, hand. Let me just tell you right now. <laughs> I, have, I, I have taken the world... I have taken the world of no longer drinking alcohol and being completely sober. So I'll be fully conscious unless we're sleeping in the same bed together and I'm asleep and he suddenly gets a bit naughty with my left hand, so to speak. <laughs> then otherwise, I think it'd be very unlikely. I don't even know if Jared's my type anyway, but... He's, good, does he's it, a good-looking guy, actually. He is, is yeah. he? Does it have Wi-Fi? Because um, <laughs> he could crack it from afar. I, I have to say, I don't, I don't think it has Wi-Fi. But you know how good I'd just be a walking Wi-Fi hotspot. That's one way of That's having people. I, I wonder if anybody's invented that. Where it feeds off the kinetic energy of the body, and then you have your own Wi-Fi hotspot that just says Dre. So if I'm walking past my phone, it's like, do you want to connect to Dre? But then again, I don't want that Rejects. to happen because maybe one day, maybe I want to be anonymous in a in a crowded street. If let's say a million people know me by that time, then I don't want to be going, oh, hey, Dre. I'll be like, not now. I just want to get my shopping. I just want my bananas. <laughs> I was going to say, so if I had one of these scanners, could I, in theory, walk around London or somewhere and just be you like, already freak have, people you, out by knowing their names? You already have an NFC scanner. Oh, is it, is it one of those little barcode things? It's on the phone. NFC stands for Near Field Communication, so any modern uh, phone has right. it. So when it, says, when it says NFC on your settings, it's just basically, you just do this. So basically, the action I'm going to do is just put your phone, the back of your phone, Ladies to where the Ladies and gentlemen, he's laying the back of his phone down on his left hand. Seductively. Sed- seductively, apparently, although if that's his <laughs> idea of seduction, then... Uh, <laughs> Black leather phone case, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I really would stay away from Jared when you when you're in the same room as him. I know he's really keen to see it. I wouldn't trust him near any kind of mechanical implant in my body. But you know, take your chances. <laughs> well, I'm just glad. Go. I'm just glad this is a this is a, this is not an adult style radio program because I could have taken it whole different directions. Yes. Indeed, <laughs> talking different directions. Um, so there's been news happening recently and events. So I'm uh, to understand. Loads of news and events. Since the last time we did a podcast, actually, there's been two ceasefires in Syria, neither of which held for more than sort of like mm. a few minutes, I think. And speaking of Syria, I was watching the programme on Panorama, the Panorama programme on the BBC on Monday. Do you better than us watching proper news <laughs> programmes? Yeah, yeah, I was watching. <laughs> just straight out there, yeah, I think I'm better than you. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair okay, enough. right. Yeah, and, I'll uh, just clarify. Well, well, you know, we'll find out later in the quiz. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, and uh, they were talking about the, the victims of Aleppo, the fourth biggest city of Syria, where so many people still live in tyranny and absolute fear. And one of the saddest things that really brings into fruition is that the fact that there are people there that live in absolute fear and obviously they get swept in this, this shocking war. And unfortunately... What the sad thing is, is what they say is the people, the extremists and the people that are doing this to them 
are just wanting to drive them way out of fear, but people still stand united and want to stay there. Yeah, but, yeah. but they're absolutely living on barely any resources. I mean, uh, state electricity is not available to them, so they have to use generators. The price of food items has gone up 10 times to the point that I calculated that the price of food there is more expensive than West London. And so that's, that's scary considering the money that is <laughs> More than Syria. London, yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you heard about the, um, the guy who's doing the murals in, in Aleppo? If you Google it. No. Yeah, it's one of the soldiers, apparently. Obviously, keeping his identity secret because um, it's anti-Assad uh, stuff. And he, he goes out at night and he paints these amazing murals of like, wow. peace and love and stuff like that. And they're really cool. They're well worth checking out, dear listener. You, you if know. You Google, if you Google Aleppo murals, I'm sure they'll come up. You know, I mean, I feel so heartfelt by the whole Aleppo situation in Syria and let alone the rest of Syria. Uh, so much so that if, if, gov- if, if, I, if I were to be guaranteed my safety, I'd be happy to do a, a charity poetry gig. In, in Aleppo. In, in Aleppo, yeah. I think it'd be uh, pretty tough to guarantee your safety. Uh, I, I'll, yeah. tell, I'll tell you that, though. If, if, if that ever happens to me, and obviously Keith will be, Keith will be my main support. Uh, <laughs> uh, we need a real kick-ass bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> in more ways than one. Then I just want you to know. I just want to say. Shot, I'll hold you up I just want to say thank you, mum and dad, for raising me. Uh, this can be the last time you hear me. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm Episode not gonna... three is going to come from Aleppo, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I wow. didn't realise this. I think I think your sponsors might have some uh, big bills to foot. Yes, in, indeed, indeed, indeed. Oh yeah, didn't we say the last episode? We say that we need extra, extra money if the Daily Mail were to sponsor us. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I would be very happy to have the Daily Mail sponsor us as long as we're allowed to take the Mickey out of having the Daily or Mail. Or just sponsor. tell the truth about them. To <gasps> be and yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I was referencing like Thirty Rock, where they're where they're sponsored by Snapple, and they just yeah. take the Mickey out. I also, <laughs> we'd like to have a bit of creative control. At least lay off the flipping Diana Post or the Diana News or the Madeline McCann. Come on, calm down, please. I'd if they gave me creative control. <laughs> the day mail I'd be very happy to yeah I'd have them sponsor me if I could then close them yeah that would that's the only condition they must never print another word after after they sponsored me but they were founded on the motto of give them their daily hate oh my goodness so that that is genuinely the founding motto oh, of the insane. daily mail I mean this is a this is a paper that has such a bad track track record I mean they, they were pro Hitler during the 1930s and they were during the time when, when you know, the Jewish people were trying to escape from Europe, mm. their front pages were just you know, covered with all the stuff we're now seeing about the Syrian refugees. Yeah. And, and Rinse people, and repeat, isn't it? Well that's, the, well, that's the weird thing, though, is that people can look back at those when they come up and say they're terrible and everything. But they don't seem to put two and two together and think, yeah. well, they're still doing it. It's, still exactly the, the same it's a now. sad state of affairs because the bigger issue in all that, what you said, is that the media itself, despite the social media age, is still a tight grip on what people think about oh, yeah. yeah. However, it has been changing as a result of social media and a, far, and a high increase of far more liberal and open-minded people, such as the two beautiful people in front of me. Yeah, but then you get the echo chamber That's effect. About, this is, yeah, 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 I've been reading about this Can recently. Can you elaborate what the echo chamber effect is? So, uh, for example, take my profile on Facebook. I'm friends with people who I like, who I, who I think are interesting, kind, liberal, lefty yeah. people, socialist, inclined, you know... Uh, want be- want the best for the NHS. They support the NHS. They want all these things that I agree with. So I don't tend to talk online to people who disagree yeah. with me. Yeah. And I have, you know, and occasionally you have those debates where you go online and you try and discuss with someone who completely disagrees with you. 
And at the end, you kind of go your separate ways because you've got really, haven't got really much to yeah. say. So the echo chamber is you saying how you feel and you're getting exactly the so, same yeah. back. because You're, you're surrounded you're... by people that, that, that back you up. All so time. what yeah. we need to do is we need to have somebody from UKIP or... <laughs> Well, that's what we said last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. We, were, we were aiming it's, to get Nigel himself on back. Yeah, I think I think Nigel Farage. Listen, I know, I know he must only... be low on offers at the moment. <laughs> I, mean. I, know, I know, I know, I know. It's only episode two, Nigel Farage. But last episode, we invited you to be a guest on and the offered future. croissant. And, and, and we'll raise it's not you. an English food, Dad. I think well, you did you did we'll the wrong. Raise, <laughs> we'll raise you to. Why. We'll raise you with twining rose hip, rose hip. Swining's tea. Yeah, rose hip tea. Now I have to tell you right in now. In a Union Jack mug. Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah. I I'm in love with this with this tea, this beverage provided. He's by drinking it right now. He's not just randomly talking. I I am in love with it so much that I would name my child Rose Hip in the future, regardless of gender, because it doesn't rose matter. Rose Hip Zero. There's a name. Uh, yes, you know, you yes. said this now. This is legally binding. You've got two yeah, witnesses. Yeah, we're drawing absolutely. up a contract, and we're having That's this right. signed before you leave the room. So. Yeah. And it's the sort of name, actually, that I can imagine a poet's daughter being called Rose Hip. Yeah. Zero. He or she may hate me in the future, but you know what? I'll tell you right now, I love you, my child. (laughs) You're unborn child. You're a big softie. You're a big old softie. And one of the things, talking about going back to talking about echo chambers, one of the things that I've noticed, which which scares me, is that people have a healthy mistrust of the media, which is great. But what that what that tends to lead to, or seems to lead to, is that people end up getting their news from one source that they like. So lots of my lefty friends get all their news from the Canary, which is which is not always that great. It's mm. incredibly biased. I mean, I'm I'm a very left leaning person myself, but even I find the Canary a little bit too, you know, out there. And um, and and with the echo chamber effect, people tend to get more and more extreme in their views either way. And they, they literally seem to stop listening to anything that's outside of their groups. So I find that really scary as, a, as, the, as the direction the internet's going in. I just don't trust most of anything. Yeah. I mean, I like, you know, I like The Guardian, for example, but I'm very aware that's an um, extremely yeah, lefty, yeah. middle-classy yeah. type newspaper and, that, and it sneers, look, tends exactly. to look down the nose and yeah. sneer at people. And I just, you know, you know all of it's biased. And when you get to that point of knowing everything's biased, yes. it becomes white noise. Exactly. Yeah. And all of it. I mean, I mean, what we sadly get in the world, uh, because I've I've been in I've been in Japan this year, and I've learned about their media, and it's so very biased towards one thing. Because I talk to Japanese-speaking people, and they think this certain way of living. Uh, other countries, uh, such as France, that I've been to for fifteen hours just to see a gig, <laughs> and then come back for a, for a sleeping ship the next day. Uh, yeah, Gazette, uh, and <laughs> I see them. Uh, with different news outlets there, so every country just lives on its own bubble oh, because the media, and and that little that lemonhead, uh, uh, who, who's that guy again? I mentioned him last episode. Who who owns the news of the world? Uh, oh, um, uh, Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, that 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 lemonhead. Yeah, I don't know what that, that was. That yeah, was that, that lemonhead. Yeah, I mean he's got his pies and holes. That was, that's and um, that was that was probably uh, his his secret police have picked up on the fact we're now talking to him. And he's now tuned into this. <laughs> and he's, he's going to see what we say. We, we love take, you, Mr. You'll Murdoch. never take me alive, Rupert Murdoch. Let me tell you. You're a now. Beep. Did you see the did family see friendly? The, did you see <laughs> That's all I can say. I'm afraid. <laughs> did you see the episode of The Simpsons with him? And I really respected him for that because he he basically just played a caricature of himself as really evil and owning the world's media and like and it was really him doing the voice. And I thought at least he can. 
you know, I, I know, I'm not saying he, know, he knows that he's to, an evil yeah, yeah, exactly. overlord. Because he even introduces himself as I'm, I'm Rupert Murdoch, the billionaire tyrant, which I thought was really funny. And as hard as you guys are laughing right now, <laughs> I, I was laughing even harder than that point. That just genuinely yeah. makes me really scared that oh, he yeah. that he can that he so thinks he that's all right. That everyone's like, ha ha, it's so so funny, well, so funny. Yeah, that's how John gets away with everything because he's just he's like, I say what I think, and for some reason people think that's okay, even mm. if what you think is horrendously bad, as long as you're sort of upfront about it. It's the Boris Johnson syndrome. <laughs> oh, he's so funny and entertaining. Ha ha, yeah. so funny, so funny. Evil mastermind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do not trust that man. It's all a show. Oh, oh gosh. All of it. Coordinated, yeah, yeah. planned. He has the most amazing PR marketing people in the country working for him. Even the floppy hair, all of it yeah. is staged. He used to work in PR, didn't he, I think? Oh. Yeah. I did I'll tell you this now. Uh, Boris Johnson's PR department hit us up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> however, however, You already have the floppy hair. Yeah, there you go. I'm and the lovable I'm, demeanor. I'm halfway there, but I don't. I don't think I'm evil. I'm not going to turn into Darth Vader, okay? Or, you, you could or take. You could take the PR marketing department to the good side, couldn't you? You could yeah. convert them. Yeah, to I could be the, I could be the Luke Skywalker <laughs> instead of his damn father, Anakin. I'm getting a bit emotional now. Star Wars Rogue One is coming soon. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Are you both Star Wars fans then? I oh, am. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm a Star Trek fan as well. I like Wars and Trek, but I'm more Trek. Yeah. I like them both, but so, I... But what did you think of the new films? Trek? Yeah. Love them. Great, great idea. Parallel Universe, fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. really like the great first concept. one, but I wasn't too keen on the next two. Well, they're, they're, all, they're all quite trashy and throw away and silly, yeah. but that's exactly what they're meant to be. And, and Star Trek was always trashy and silly and stupid. They're, they're incredibly fast-paced. That's probably my only complaint, is yeah. it's too much happening in, in one go. It was a bit like, oh, explosion and thing, and then something else over there, and it was just intense. See, I'd rather have too much things happening rather than not enough. I mean, some films, like, um, let me tell you this. Uh, Captain America. Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Oh, my days. I mean, I'm not... I'll Do say you know, this. I watched that, like, three nights ago. It's brilliant. I, I, I thought it was okay, but I actually fell All asleep. All disagreement. She, <laughs> I, 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 she's never, she's never going to give me rose hip tea again. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. it. Done. <laughs> rose hip civil war. No, seriously. Seriously, though. Uh, I think, I don't know, maybe it's because I was tired, but they were just talking for an hour or a long period of time, and then I just fell asleep. Man, you would, you would hate most of the films I love. You'd, yeah. Like, one of my favourite films is um, Before Midnight. And, uh, and nothing happens in the whole film. It's just two people meet on a train. Uh. And during the course of the film, spoiler alert, during the course of the film, they fall in love. And it's literally just their conversation on the train and then but after. I, but I yeah. will say, I may like that film because I do love trains. I, I'm, I, I am a train enthusiast. check it out. So, so they made three um, with like 10 years in between each. So you see them grow as a couple and it's really cool. So it's like, oh, so they meet and they're like, like in their that. 20s travelling and then I, I do. in their days with young children and then in their 40s with like older children. I do love romance. Just rom- giving away what happens. I, I, do, I do love romance films. It gives me hope that I can finally one day start a family and name a child Rosehip. <laughs> do you want kids then? I mean, well, well, well I do. I do. I do, I do, I do well. want kids. I do want kids. Uh, but of course, but of course, right now, right now, obviously... You can never say you can never say now's not the time or now's the time, but right now, but not now. I just I just want to I just want to write some poetic lines <laughs> instead of uh, making some lovable ball of Uma. Uh, ball of ball of Uma. Yes, yes. Ball of Drake. Oh, curses! I keep calling you. I don't know why I call you. I don't know where I've got that name from. You must just look like an Uma. 
I don't know who Uma is, to be fair. I'm, I'm just straight zero. I mean, this, this Uma is a fraud. If you see another man with floppy hair called Uma Hake, I mean, who That's is right. that guy? Who is that person? I, I, I mean, I mean, they cloned you. Yeah, I, I've, I had a long lost brother because obviously, yeah, just long lost brother. Uh, social services just came knocking out. Yeah, blatantly, not me. We'll, <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll, we'll save that story for another time because the first segment of the show is supposed to be 10 minutes and we've been exactly 20 minutes. Oh. So moving on. Um, one of the things we got from feedback from the last show was um, stop waffling, get on with it, basically, is what people were saying. So or was just, it just Anna? So um, Anna said it very strongly, yeah. And with, with Anna, it always has that sort of threatening menace of violence behind it. So I have to <laughs> <laughs> That's funny if people know Anna, because she's not... Uh, <laughs> behind um, the scenes. Absolutely. Um, so what I thought would be fun is if we start a regular quiz called Git, or rather... Do you know your hosts? How well do you know your hosts? Well, we're not decided on the name yet. So we're going to ask um, Amy, today's guest, uh, as many questions in two minutes about us as she can answer, and then uh, you'll be number one on the on the league table. I, don't, I keep doing hand actions, which don't really work on the podcast. We will be number one on this league table, which I've which I've spent ages building here, which we have right next to it's me. It's a beautiful league table. It, it, is, it is gorgeous. It is. I love the flower uh, raffia workplace particularly. And the lights. Uh, the, the, yes, I was very proud of the lights. And, yeah. and the yeah. 24 karat gold uh, plating that has been donated by Brussels. Indeed. <laughs> Thanks for that, Brussels. <laughs> Who says EU money is wasted? <laughs> so, you well, have... this is, it costs us a bit more due to Brexit, to be fair. So you have two minutes. <laughs> So I'm gonna, cool. I'll, okay. I'll do, do I need a pen and paper? Do I just no, shout no, the answers shout back? The answer Can I just? I'm going to randomly guess if I don't know as well. That's, I think. I think randomly guessing is brilliant. The right strategy. Okay. Cool. Okay. I'm ready. Go. My first question for you yeah. is: What is Dre's third favorite color? Purple. Yes. Oh, one point. Hey. <laughs> My question to you about Keith Sadler. What is Keith's second favourite shoe manufacturer? That's a tough one. Um, I'm looking, I am, I, I actually don't know any shoe manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. I know, I know yeah, evil ones, that's so it. So I'm going to say that's uh, correct, because yeah. I don't know any shoe manufacturers. Hey! <laughs> what did Dre have for breakfast this morning? See, if I've been on social media, I would probably know. <laughs> yes. But actually, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't and posted it. Shocked face. Um, I reckon, he, see, he eats very well and he has very nice fancy food. Mm. So I reckon, see, I'm, 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 some kind of maybe avocado-based toast with some, like, you know, black pepper. It's very specific. I like that. The answer to your question is eggs and chapati. Ah, oh, oh, see, eggs, time. eggs. Bad times. We're halfway through. Right, the question to you, Keith Sadler, is at what year did him and Anna get married? Oh, that's a good one. I have to remember, hang on. Uh, I, know, I, know that, I know they were in Hull. Right, <laughs> Tapping my information. I'm going to give you half a point for that one. Is it, is it 10 years? I don't think you can be 10 years yet. Oh, no. Oh, hang on. Oh, did I see it on the internet? I'm going to go 10 years. Oh, that's quite close. 13 years. Oh, 13? Yeah, really? You look so yeah. young. Thank you. Thank <laughs> that's you. amazing. Oh, and Anna's so guest. young. <laughs> I'm going to give you a full point now. Wow. How old are you going to get married? Can I ask? I, uh, I was 21. Oh, that's uh, so cute. Uh, oh. I was 20, I think. 
I mean, I know, obviously. I know my wife. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> if Dre was... Oh, it's telling me we're out of time, but I, I started, so I finished. <laughs> if Dre was to be forced to live as a mammal, other than a human, because I guess humans are mammals, yeah. for the rest of his life, what, what mammal would he choose? Well, I, again, he, you know, he likes dressing up. He likes sort of strutting about the place. So I'm going with Peacock. You know... And I, the boys are prettier than the women as well, so... <laughs> well, to be honest, I think, I think I rock whatever gender I feel like. Uh, cool. So, so I, the answer actually is a wolf. A wolf? A wolf. Oh. Because I like being wild uh, at times. Well, and the hair, not good <laughs> hair. <laughs> well, Amy shoots right to the top of our board here. You can tell by the fact that the lights are now flashing at the top. That's amazing. That with three points, so our next guest who we haven't booked yet will <laughs> will have to compete with that and see if you can get more than three, three points, points. Three points in two minutes. They did. They do say that three is a magic number. So she's, yes, it is. She's hit. She's hit the jackpot. She's hit the free crowd. She's won three points, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Amy. Thanks, dear audience. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> so uh, into the final segment of our show now. Do you, dear listener, will probably be uh, very relieved to hear that. This or upset, the... or upset. Oh uh, yeah, devastated. Of course, of course. Um, if this... you feel devastated, you can just rewind to the start and then listen to us all <laughs> over again. Carry on. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you've now got two episodes, so you could listen to both of them back to back just forever. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. I think we should launch a campaign for that. Podcast of the universe. Hashtag it. Get start a campaign. Thank you. So this is the section where we turn over to our guests and uh, talk about whatever they would like to talk about. So, Amy. The floor is yours. Yes. What would you like to, to, to waffle on about? I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't prepared anything. I was told I didn't need to prepare anything. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Um, should we talk about the soapbox? Yeah, I suppose that's, you know, it's a thing that yeah, I do. So, I mean, yeah. I mean obviously, <laughs> I've taken a keen interest in Soapbox, not only because you've uh, you've taken me under your wing for Folkies Festival, gave me a proverbial cuddle by that amazing Facebook message. I remembered oh. it was a day, it was a day in May, rhymes. And he is a poet, you know. <laughs> I am. Where, not a comedian. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not funny. Uh, <laughs> where where I was at work, I was at one work development day and I said, Staff management. I'm performing at a festival, oh, and and so and so obviously obviously thinking about that and thinking about what happened a decade ago, I want to know what inspired you to begin this poetic journey. What made you create the small hub of an open mic into the superpower nova of what soapbox is today? Oh, and, and it's, it's very sweet of you to say it's a superpower <laughs> Nova. It's still very much a bedroom. Well, I have a small office enterprise. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, the, sto- the story is uh, that in 2006, I was living in Ipswich and I'd gone back to do my A-levels to try and get into uni. Um, and I wrote really weird, terrible poetry oh, that no one could... No, no, no. Everyone says, oh, I'm sure it wasn't that bad. I could get some in a future time and read it. I I don't know where it is quite now. I've probably buried it somewhere, but I always keep all my bad writing to remind me. It was, I really like weird words. So I'd write all these poems with weird words in that no one had ever heard of. And then you read them out and everyone has a blank look on their face because they've no idea what you're talking about. So terrible poetry. I wanted people to listen to me. So my friend who's a local musician, Brendan Ware, who's in Ipswich, um, he kind of said, well, let's do a big night together and he'll round up musicians, I'll round up poets. Uh, and we kind of 
cajoled everyone we know into doing something. So Jared, I spoke about earlier, played at the first one 10 years ago. Um, and lo- yeah, lo- so yeah, it was just a little open mic in Ipswich and it kind of snowballed accidentally. <laughs> Brilliant. And I went to Union Norwich and then spent a lot of time doing stuff there. And Norwich is really, there's a lot going on. So yeah. you could kind of, you could, you know, Facebook had a really important part in Soapbox Journey actually before they made it so you had to pay to reach your audience. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a Facebook group and loads of friends, loads of musicians yeah. and artists, and I'd go, you know, on, on Tuesday, I'd go, I'll gig on Sunday. Anyone want to come play Sunday afternoon? Oh, and you get six or seven people, yeah, cool, yeah, come yeah. down. And it was just that easy. Oh, so it was Facebook was really important to me, actually, back then. I tried, I did actually try and archive all the data from that group because I thought one day yeah. in the future, when I'm old, I might look back at it and be really, be, have nice nostalgic yeah, memories. Yeah. So it was about giving people a platform, but always between the mix of music and spoken word. It was always meant to be both. Um, over the over the past, I've been in it 10 years now, I do like separating it sometimes because I think the audiences and the artists benefit from that. Sometimes oh, yeah, a music yeah. crowd doesn't want, want to listen to poets. And, you know, we've all been to gigs where you're the poet doing some spoken word and there's people at the yeah. back and no one really cares. I mean, you know, it's that's fine. That's part of it. And sometimes that's great, but yeah. it's quite nice to split it up every now and then. But it is nice also to get people together who'd never heard poetry before. And some of my favourite yeah. things, my favourite gigs were people coming out of the gig going, I didn't know I liked poetry. That was oh, really good. Yeah, yeah. And they're always my favourite moments. Yeah. It's really can, nice. Yeah, change someone's mind and get them on board. But, well, I, I mean, I... I, I don't remember ever saying those words exactly, but when you say when you said that, that really resonated with me as well because I I was never really into poetry until oh I know I know shock and horror I mean I did not like poetry but what I mean is I wasn't like mm. into it until you know the bump and grind over mics and things like that that have been happening recently. Where would you say soapbox is now? Because not not everyone who's listening might, maybe will know what soapbox is. And mm. um, so how would you sort of describe it now, and where do you see it going in the future? Well, at the moment, it's a monthly gig at the John Peel Centre in Stowmarket, which is um, a, a sort of a headline national poet, a couple of local poets and a musician. So that's like a regular cool. thing I do. And I run a festival stage at Folk East, which is a little local festival. And it's this year was the fifth year of doing that. So it's kind of... I've had loads of different forms. I've done open mics. I've done, you know, just spoken word nights. I've just done music nights. I've done all-day festivals. I've done taken poets to other festivals like Camp Bestival and Bestival one year I did both of them which was really fun Um, I don't really know what it is it changes all the time it really does and at the the moment yeah and at the moment I like the poetry gigs at John Peel Centre because no one else is doing it around here so I feel like there's a need and I'm fulfilling a purpose and I'm useful whereas if I'm putting on music nights Lots of people are putting on music nights. Mm. It, there's no, you know, I'm just another. Yes. Just and it, repeating stuff that's already going on. Yeah, I'm not needed. Some brilliant acts along. I've been along a few times, and each. I'm not just saying this because you're here and on the show, but each, <laughs> each, each time has been really great. I mean, once I couldn't stay till the end, so I actually missed the headliner. But the other times, who been, did you miss? I don't have to know. Um, was it Selena? It was, not a, Selena. No, it, was a, it was a guy. Harry Baker. Uh, Harry, Harry Baker. Baker. Oh, yeah, yeah, I miss Harry Baker. Oh, I, 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 I stayed till the end. Things. I even got a selfie with him. Did you really? I did. Oh, because, amazing. Because the interesting thing is, and I'll be honest about that, that was actually the... I At that point, I was performing poetry for four months at that time. And I never... That was the first poetry-specific event I've ever been to. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, wow, so this is how poets perform. Because other than me, because other than that, I only saw 
one or two other people at mm. most and one of them was me so <laughs> so yeah it was kind of a real eye opener and it really and thanks to Soapbox I have to say it really did help and teach me many many things and it did start to uh, in, start to create for me my timeline of a billion poets I mean for example uh, as a result of Facebook as Facebook really helped Amy in the early days of Soapbox especially I've now got Friends who are poets, who's got over a hundred mutual friends to me because I'm like, you're a poet, yeah, you. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. seen you adding all the poets. I noticed this the other day because I I saw them and I thought, I'm sure Uma hasn't met them. I mean, I'm sure Jay Zero hasn't met them. I'm sure he, met, he doesn't I've, know. I met, met actually a good. I've, I've met like I'm slowly meeting like them at a slow pace. So uh, I have poets I haven't met as well. I'm not. I'm not criticizing. I just thought it was really interesting. We just want an orgy of poets in our timeline. Like bring it on. <laughs> I mean, I've met one of the things that I think is really great yeah. about the soapbox as well is just with you guys saying that is meeting people because mm. it's been really great for me because um, I was at Focus with you guys this year and last year and last year particularly was a real revelation of all these people that I'd never met before so people like Tilly Dalgleish and um, and her parents and mm. and, um, and that crew and and um, Bard Loud and and people like that and and then even more people this year like like yourself Dre. You know, I, yeah, I, met, I mean, I met you before, previously at uh, Open Mic and Berry, but... Yeah, th- this man here, um, we're not just co-hosts. He, This man saw me at my first ever spoken word performance Yeah, in January, where I just had a phone out, phone out on our, and somebody said, go up there, you're funny, this do before, something. This before the <laughs> costumes. Yeah, this before the, the, the elaborative costumes. I just came in with jeans, T-shirt, and it sounds a bit bland these days, <laughs> for me, that is, and then came on, read off my old DeviantArt account of poetry I used to write last decade, when I was a teenager, oh my goodness, and people liked it, and boom, Tracy cool. is born, yo. So it's so it's brilliant for bringing people together mm. as well, which is excellent because we need more of that. Community, the world, community thing is really important, oh, and absolutely. I like that. I like that we're all trying to work together more. Though. Yeah, it feels yeah, yeah. it feels like particularly this year for me around Suffolk and right just around the east, but specifically Suffolk, that a lot more people are working together yeah. Yeah. and trying to be aware of when other stuffs going on yes. or. You know, yeah. like I don't think any of the spoken word nights locally clash at all. Yeah, and I had to I had to message um, someone in uh, Justine Demier who runs a night in Woodbridge, really good night called Tapas and Tales, yeah. and apologise for the fact I clashed with her in November. But that was because my venue double booked my normal oh, day. But, it, but I just felt instantly so yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things. And yeah. and Rhyme Scene got moved, and Justine got in touch with Rhyme Scene and said, "Oh, you're clashing with me now." So that got moved back. And it's really nice that people are making the effort. Yeah, it's the, wonderful. The interesting thing is, I would say that the spoken word community, in my opinion, is a lot more lovelier and far more open than, let's say, the music scene. That's my honest opinion. I'm, I'm trying to make controversial opinions well, here. Um, hear me out, hear me out. Let me say, because I'll just say this because of this. I'm just saying because the music industry has been, has been more popularised longer, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Whereas spoken word has been a sleeping giant for years and it's now really rising year on, year out. It's really becoming, hello! And in my opinion, more cool. spoken word uh, spoken word artists and sp- spoken word promoters are all giving each other more hugs. Whereas otherwise, musicians, even though a lot of musicians are amazing, I'm not hitting on them, but there's always that sum. It's like a growing number. He normally is hitting on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the hang on. <laughs> like, the, the musician's like, you're performing there. Whereas spoken word artists are like, no, 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 no. Well, it, like, love- I'm just saying how it is. I'm just it's easier it to coordinate as well if there are less people doing it mm. and there are yeah, just yeah. less people doing yeah. poetry around here and, yeah. and and there's a there was a poet who did the um did the last rhyme scene well he's actually a rapper called uh, Rai Shabby 
who's in a in a rap collective called uh, Mechanics in Ipswich, Suffolk. Oh, cool. And it's the first time he'd done a poetry gig. And he came off stage and went, I don't get applause like that when I do my rapping at a music gig. And I was like, and I said, the first thing I said to him was, welcome to poetry. Yeah, yeah. Because people That's really cool. listen in that community. Yeah. And, they, and they, you know, you applaud even if someone's rubbish because you should. And that's yeah. what you should, yeah. you know, people are making the effort and I respect and value and know how hard it is to get up on that stage and say anything yeah, yeah. and just try and do something. I think that's Absolutely. really, that's, you know, it's, I'm, I'm amazed by it. Mm. Well, uh, we've come to the end of our, of our time. In fact, we've massively overrun, but um, <laughs> that's the thing about doing nonsense. Uh, it doesn't have to be 30 minutes. It can be 35 minutes. But I felt like we touched on some really cool things that, today. Abs- absolutely. So thank you very much to Amy Sobox for being our first ever guest. Thank you. Amy! Thanks, Keith and Joe Zira. And uh, this programme was produced by Keith Sadler. And when I say produced, I'm using air quotes there. Um, and uh, we were joined with by Amy Sobox and Joe Zira. And we shall see you next time. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in for the next episode next month. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>